There was a film that came out with The Bachelor Daddy. The Bachelor... Sorry, are you... Is the title The Bachelor Daddy? Or are you telling me that a film <laughs> came out called The Bachelor, comma, Daddy? I'll let you make up uh, your mind on that. Oh, well, I guess I'll go have to watch The Bachelor then. <laughs> you guys are making a podcast. Asked for this. Welcome to the podcast nobody asked for with me, Ian Harris. And me, Graham Jones. And this week, usually I would do the whole, you know, this is the podcast where we argue about our top three lists of a topic that nobody asked us to talk about. But we've done this episode for three years running now, so I don't feel that is really applicable here. No. Because we're talking about our top three movies and TV shows of 2022. Hmm. For this is now the dawning of a new year. Or... It was a week ago, if you're listening to this, on the day the episode came out. Yeah, it could be a dawning of a new civilization if you're listening to this in 100 years. And, you know, um, Elon Musk is uh, brain in a jar as the galactic overlord. And we all subside off a diet of cockroaches and rabbits. Rabbits? Rabbits, yeah, because famously rabbits um, have developed the relevant technology to withstand a nuclear holocaust and um i think i th- in a new post-apocalyptic apocalyptic society you know you'd like to think maybe there isn't a class system but there probably will be and those dining you know and uh at the top of the tree will have the rabbits everyone else cockroaches so you have so. you have your rabbit eaters you have your cockroach eaters yeah i i like to imagine my brain went straight to well i mean my brain went straight to what the fuck is graham talking about but <laughs> I do like the idea that rabbits, having been the only non-cockroach creature to survive the apocalypse, have grown to the size of, like, mammoth. And we're just... Mammoth rabbits. Mammoth rabbits. And we're just hunting yeah. these mammoth rabbits across the... Uh, the Sabre-toothed rabbits. The broken plains of the former cities. They used to be, like, bear-sized sloths. Yes. Um, They were the only creature that would naturally spread the avocado. Yes, because they they ate them and massive them up. massive sphincters. Hmm. While anyone else would uh, it would block you up. Yeah, I like a sloth. If I could, if I could own a sloth, which I don't think legally I can, but if I could, I would. That's good to know. And this if, if... this is the podcast content people want to sum up the year with. <laughs> yeah. What what are the top three animals that you'd like to own if you could, even though they're probably illegal? Yeah. Fuck it. We're we're doing. I mean. We're already doing two top three lists this uh, this week. Let's just throw in as many as we can. Why not? Uh, top yep. top three animals. If I could own, I would. Mm. Um, but legally, you probably legally can't. you probably couldn't. Uh, call me a traditionalist, Graham, but I would like a white mm. tiger. Okay, that's the go-to exotic wanky pet that you aren't supposed to have, but people do. Are you are you also taking up? Magic in after a residency at Caesar's Palace. I feel like you have to. You can't just yeah. own a white tiger if you aren't a magician. No. What do you think I am? Some kind of cunt. Don't, don't. <laughs> I don't need you to answer that question today, Graham. <laughs> if that's okay. Um, pu- purely li- legally, I can't own it. E- yeah. Legally. Legally. Um, I mean, chimps seem fun. Mad, yeah. mad bunch of lads. You're very. You're going very Vegas here. You've had the. <laughs> You've had the Siegfried and Road Tiger. I'm sure Michael Jackson must have done. Well, actually, Michael Jackson did do a residency in Las Vegas because he wanted. Did you ever hear about the big robot that he wanted to put in the 
desert in Nevada. No. So as part of the promotion for his residency in Las Vegas, Michael Jackson wanted something like a 10-foot Michael Jackson robot that walked around the Nevada desert that you saw as you flew in to the airport in Las Vegas and like shot lasers out of its eyes and shit. Safe to say it didn't happen, but he had he requested it as part of the marketing materials. That is incredible. <laughs> I mean, t- top three lists of just ways I'd want to... Dream ways of advertising the podcast. Number one, giant robot of us in the Nevada <laughs> desert. Third, third pet. Uh, it's, it's a tough one. Who are the... Who are the wide-eyed fuckers who live in trees? Are they just called Bush eye babies? eyes? Bush babies, yeah. Yeah. Eye eyes are the ones that they've got the one really long finger that they use to like finger the trees and get the uh <laughs> Yeah. Why not? But yeah, bush baby. I want a bush baby. A bush baby. So white tiger, are you, chimpanzee, sorry, are you saying bush baby. That you want a bush, comma baby, or are you saying that you want a a, a bush baby? You that is a <laughs> stolen joke, good sir. It is. It is. <laughs> Because, and you know what, I don't want to go into uh, a story where the punchline is wondering if you called me daddy. So we'll just leave it at that. Uh, uh, what about yeah. what about yours? So after the sloth? what After the sloth. Uh, see, I would say wolf, but technically you can own a wolf if you have a dangerous wild animals license. Not that I've looked into this, but obviously I have. Because you can also get like, you can own a caiman crocodile as well. Oh, really? Uh, legally. Yeah, but you, again, you need a, a DWA license. Um, sloth, um, narwhal, and um, uh, one of those tiny little blue octopuses that are like the most dangerous uh, venomous things on Earth. Oh, just in case. Like by pound for pound kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like the people are stupid and pick them up and like if it decided to, it could kill you straight away. Um, that would just be good, in, you know, in the case of like a Home Alone situation. You chuck the octopus. At yeah, them. I mean that's <laughs> taking the Home Alone situation. <laughs> you looked very confused when I said that. No, I, I was thinking, do I bring up that Will Smith film again? But you know, this is supposed to be a nice, friendly episode, so let's not talk about that fucking diabolical movie again. Uh, yeah, I just like I like the idea of Home Alone set in a house that has a load of illegal exotic pets like home alone meets jumanji yeah it's just joe pesci being eaten eaten alive by a tiger (laughs) but you aren't even a magician (laughs) yeah so you you mentioned um you know having a a bunch of top threes that we could maybe discuss in this intro there's a top three that we could have this year which i believe certainly in the podcast recording history would be the first time that we could ever have this top three potentially in our lifetime probably yeah i think actually definitely top three prime ministers of 2022 fuck we could couldn't we <laughs> top 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 three british prime ministers top three british prime ministers yeah um you know what i don't want to put that as a recording because <laughs> i know i edit it but i don't want anyone else to splice out the phrase Rishi Sunak number one, <laughs> even though they would now, no, so they can. Um, they I mean, it, it's best of a bad bunch. It's Liz Truss at number three because she actively ruined my life. Uh, <laughs> two, Boris Johnson because he's Boris Johnson, and one, Rishi Sunak because he's Rishi Sunak. Yeah, Rishi Sunak gets number one because he isn't Boris Johnson. See, I would probably go 
I would probably go Boris, Rishi, Liz. And the only reason I'd put Liz number one is because whilst it was horrendous, it was thoroughly entertaining. Oh, it was like, if we're saying funniest, funniest shitstorms <laughs> of 2022, then maybe. But yeah. Liz, Liz Truss has actively taken money out of my pocket on an economic <laughs> policy that I could have told her was wrong. And I spend my money on stupid shit. What what have I got within just within eyeline of me, which makes no sense that I've bought? Uh, there's a load of pop vinyls. Nobody needs them, and I've got about <laughs> fucking twelve of them. Uh, there's a there's a weather vane indoors. Uh, there's a load of shit, Graham. I don't sp- yeah. I don't spend my money well. Um, I do I do like the idea of um, of Liz Truss actively taking money out of your pocket. I'm just imagining like Liz Truss's. Uh, Fagan just <laughs> you. I can't remember any of the Fagan songs while of a twist, so I can't uh, joke about uh, that. Pick another pocket or two, I believe, is the ah. famous one. Oh, she definitely mm. picked a picked a fair amount of pockets, didn't she? <laughs> she Fucking did, bitch. <laughs> Could also have our uh, top three strikes of uh, top top three pieces of industrial action. <laughs> industrial action, okay. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'd put them all number one because I I am thoroughly behind all of them. Yeah, because I can't I, 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 I can't I can't have gone on a minor rant there about how I hate how politics has impacted me economically and then get on my high horse about striking. Yeah. It, also, nice 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 use of minor in the context ah! of, of strikes. Uh, well done. I know you didn't mean it, but I'm giving you props. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Uh, obvious. Top three, we can move on from there. Uh, yeah. Top three, top threes we've already covered in this episode. Top three, top threes. Top three, top threes. <laughs> I would, I think I would go, I'd go Exotic Pets 1, just because yeah. I, I think that was that was great. Came out of absolutely fucking nowhere. Uh, <laughs> Strike Action 2, yeah. Prime Minister's 3, because I, I'm not having them number one again. No. You already forced my hand by forcing me to have a number one. How about if we merged a couple of these together, what would be your top three ways of the exotic animals attacking the prime ministers that's interesting because my brain went to oh that's a good point which prime minister would i want to own as a pet (laughs) (laughs) which so which which exotic animal would i want to set on the prime minister (laughs) yeah and which specific what so like obviously you would go um the problem here though is like because we have a tendency to manifest things on this podcast (laughs) Can... We're going to have uh, Boris Johnson being impaled by a narwhal. Yeah, but like, can you imagine? Like, <laughs> I, we make a joke about how, oh, would it be funny if Rishi Sunak got attacked by a grizzly bear? And then next week he does, and there's a recording of us talking about it. This is true. Like yeah. that's that's immediate. It's, no, we were just joking. It's like, yeah, but it's too specific, guys. And now it's <laughs> happened. And Graham seems to know an awful lot about ex- <laughs> exotic animal licensing. Sorry, it's a dangerous wild animals license. Point proven, Graham. <laughs> You're playing right into their hands. Uh, and our friends just come back from Canada, so he could have easily bought a bear. Exactly, exactly. Um, yes, I know, Bowie. I would. I, I mean, it's it's narwhal and all three, isn't it? Really, same narwhal, just same narwhal, like a kebab. Yeah, same narwhal, same jump. Nice. Just line them up. Yeah, like I mean, there, there was there's enough of those events where they've all had to stand next to each other. Just, te- <laughs> so just... you're suggesting we take a narwhal to the cenotaph? Yeah, either the cenotaph or King Charles needs to be buried at sea. <laughs> yeah, 
Okay. And you would have the, the, all the Prime Ministers in the front row. Narwhal jumps up, takes out the front row, dies back in. Boom. Done. Yeah. Also, if we ever release an album, we're calling it Narwhal at the Cenotaph. <laughs> Narwhal at the Cenotaph. Oh, it's, yeah. it, it sounds like a weird board game. <laughs> yeah. Like the Obama Llama kind of thing. Yeah. You, you have to you have to pick um, uh, marine mammals and... Um, Warm- poignant, <laughs> yeah. War memorials. War memorials. <laughs> I was going, yeah. So poignant, uh, poignant uh, statues. War memorials works just as well. Yeah. It's, uh, so you, yeah, you could have um, no sense of obviously, um, or you know, uh, blue whale at the uh, Polish war memorial. Yeah. Bowie is clearly upset that you've been talking about other pets. Oh yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna grab him one sec. You want? <laughs> Turns out he's just annoyed that we wouldn't let uh, we wouldn't sick him on Boris Johnson. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> classic. Well, the French never got on with him. No, and I mean, you know, the French love a revolution, don't they? Oh God, yeah. Good for them. Top three, re- <laughs> top three revolutions. <laughs> top three revolutions. <laughs> uh, ninety, ninety RBM is probably uh, my favourite. Do you mean RP? I did, yeah. I was hoping you wouldn't yeah. notice, and I just uh. I would just go back in and edited it, edited it, <laughs> edited, edited it. So that's three. That's four. Four top threes. Yeah, so we're good. Won't lie. Um, don't remember how we got here. <laughs> no, neither do I. Just, just in general. So, uh, because we do have a lot of top threes to cover, uh, mm. we should we should probably rock on. How's a uh, so, yeah, this episode, as we... It's it's kind of a tradition, because last year we went to record our top three movies and TV shows of 2021, but then halfway through we caught COVID and instead yeah. did the rest of the episode as movie houses we would self-isolate in. Yes, but we did do a quick rundown, right? A very, very quick uh, yeah. rundown, yeah. Um, like the bits in Top of the Pops between, like, 50 and 10. Yeah, the, the ones that don't matter. Yeah. And in at 47. Movies well, we can go, TV. we can just wheel the entire top three movies and TV of the year will be done now. What were your top three TV shows of the year? My top three TV shows of the year were, first one, a little bit of a cheat, because it was Succession, which has come out this year, but I've only started watching season one, so I can't say it was the season three that's come out this year but yeah. fuck it i've got covid you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna have a go at man with covid um second place was uh Stafflet's flats yep. because Stafflet's flats is amazing yep and uh number one was wandavision because it's the best thing to come out of the mcu yeah uh for for me number three was what we do in the shadow season three number two Stafflet's flats season three <laughs> because i'm just a big fan of natasha dimitri uh, and number one wandavision because it is one of the best looks at grief that came out one of the best yeah. looks at grief uh, that's come out this year. And top three movies of the year, Graham. Because for me, number three, I had The Mitchells vs. The Machines. Yeah, great movie. Which, uh, great animated Netflix movie. Number two, Dune, mm. which was great because I had a huge anecdote about, do you know Alejandro Jordaski? Is he the one from the Lady Gaga song? <laughs> no, different Alejandro, <laughs> probably. Yeah, he tried to make a version of this in the 70s that starred Orson Welles, Mick Jagger, and Salvador Dali with music from Pink Floyd, and all the design work was done by H.R. Giger. Nice. Uh, but yeah, Dune was great. And then number one, uh, another great look at grief, because that's the 2021 <laughs> we've had, is Pig, which is legitimately, 
people keep saying it's Nicolas Cage's return to form, but that is a complete underestimate. Just underrepresenting how good Nicolas Cage is. Yes, I agree. It's also Barack Obama's favorite, one of his favorite films of the year. And if there's, if nothing else, I trust that man's judgment. Um, so my top three films were um, third place was Promising Young Woman, which was a really cool, really well done film, very stylized, very poignant made Bo Burnham out to be a bad guy, which is something that's kind of tricky to do. Is that why he spent all that time in his outhouse? I think so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also, honourable mention to, to Bo Burnham, because uh, his special was very, very good. Second place... you some content. Uh, second place, Suicide Squad. Um, nice. Because Suicide Squad was great, and it was the Suicide Squad we deserved. And first place was Pig, because Pig was phenomenal. It really fucking was. So uh, that's the episode we planned to be an hour and a half done. <laughs> So yeah, the, the plan is we are going to go through our top three movies, our top three TV shows, and then we have thrown this question out far and wide across the uh, independent podcast community, and we have a couple of other people's choices as well that we can talk about. So and By a couple, you mean dozens. I mean a fuck ton. <laughs> I think by the end of this episode, including the four we just did, we will have done 56 top three lists. Good work. Because why the fuck not? Top threes are our thing. They are. And 50, they are. 56 top three lists, that is... 50, carry the two. A lot of choices. 168. There we go. No. No. They're not. How many? 56. 56. Yeah. Yeah. No? Yeah. 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 Why am I? Why am I? I don't know. What I do like though is because like I, I've edited it so jokes feel like they land quicker, but I might yeah. edit that so it looks like it took you longer to come up with it. <laughs> so I am a on that note, Graham. I'm saying like you know, 168. Yeah. Yeah. I was right. No one. Why, why am I second guessing myself? No one. No one doubted you. <laughs> Bowie did. Oh, you can see it in his yeah. eyes. Look, look at <laughs> look at that stupid at face. <laughs> you can't do mental arithmetic. You can't even do it with a pen. <laughs> On that note, good year. Everything all right? Yeah, love the tyres. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes like a Dunlop. Uh, oh, 2022. Yay. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's been all right. Yeah. Lots, of, uh, lots of change. New house. Yeah, lots of change, which is interesting because we're largely in a cashless society now. This is, this is very true. Yeah. This is very true. Fuck off, um, we're funny. But you you have to buy your radioactive resistant rabbits on the black market. Yeah. It's more a bar it's, it's more a barter system. Going to bottle yeah. bottle caps like Fallout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some Nuca Cola. But yeah, no, on the on the whole, it's been alright. Nice. Can't complain. Same. Been a f- right. good podcast year. Yeah, good podcast year. We had listeners. We had yeah. episodes. Yeah. Patreon. Patreon. Patrons. Are they patrons? Is a Patreon subscriber a patron? Um, I think they are. I mean, we 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 we've gone with the friends slash nobodies. Yeah, but, but like the the more general term for someone who subscribes to a Patreon, I think is a patron. Generally, I think yeah, I think you'd go patron. So we have yeah. patrons. We have released we bonus have episodes. It's been. I think it's been good. It's been fun. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Good. Times. Uh, are we going to still do a recommendation for, we, uh, for this? We are going to do a recommendation. So uh, this week's 
uh, movie recommendation nobody asked for. So I thought I would pick my favourite film I saw this year for the first time. So not a film that came out this year, but a film that I saw or saw for the first time that I rated highly. So this is 2016's Your Name. So Your Name is a Japanese... Yeah, Graham. It's it's just a film called Graham. No, it is called Your Name. And it is um, Japanese anime about uh, two people who keep switching bodies. And it is just a beautiful piece of cinema. Really? There's not much else to say about that. Because it's definitely one of those films where it's good to go in as blind as possible. Cool. Yep, that's that's. We'll take that. How about a uh, a second recommendation if people don't want to go in quite so blind? So, second recommendation. I thought, hey, if we're picking, obviously, favorite films of this year, I just picked uh, what would have been one of my favorite films of twenty sixteen. Uh, why not pick kind of a year in the middle? So I thought, hey, you know what? I'm going to pick my favorite film from twenty nineteen. So. Having a look th- look through 2019, uh, obviously a lot of good films came out, but it's also the year that Ari Aster released uh, his pagan horror masterpiece, Midsummer. So you should also watch Midsummer this Christmas period. <laughs> well, actually, no, because this is coming out beginning of the year, isn't it? You should just watch yeah. Midsummer this year because we're going to tell you to watch Midsummer this year a lot. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So that's that. Nice. So. Uh, Right, that's that. Let's get cracking, Graham. We've got top threes to move through. And the first... That was was a really shit whip sound. That was awful. So, (laughs) this is going to be... This this isn't going to be the the cleanest of lists, because there's there's double choices throughout. So, we'll be jumping around a little bit, but... Like House of Pain. We will jump up, jump up, and get down. Get down. Right, straight in with uh, your number three, which we aren't going to cover yet. So, Graham's number three, like, let's let's jump straight into uh, spoiler territory here, is my favourite film of the year, and possibly my favourite film. So, we're not going to talk about that yet, we're going to wait until my first choice, because everything should really revolve around me. So, we are going to dive in with my... Ev- num- everything. Everything revolves everything. around me. Okay. And not just on this podcast, Graham. Everywhere. <laughs> at, at different times? Um, or, or different or times. Just... Well, probably just kind of all the same. Like, all at once. Okay, all at once. So, okay. my number three is a film which was on Graham's top three list and now isn't. <laughs> was higher on my list up until last week when I watched a film that knocked it down a bit. But I think most importantly, it is worth flagging that this is a film that everybody thought was going to be shit. And that yeah. that is Top Gun Maverick, which turns out to be one of the best action movies ever made. It was it was a tremendous amount of fun, wasn't it? I mean, even, even though it was Top Gun... 20 years later or well, oh, yeah. however long it was. it was it was it was brilliant it was exactly what you wanted from a top gun sequel in that it didn't tr- it didn't it did do different things it kind of dialed everything it had already done up to like the nth degree and perfected doing it yeah instead of beach 
American football. No, was it instead of beach volleyball? It was beach American football. It was it was it was American football where you're playing both offense and defense at the same time. Uh, yeah, because why not? Because <laughs> planes, planes. The cast were really good, which is interesting because now on my letterbox page, one of my highest rated actors this year is, uh, oh fuck, what's his name? Is it uh the Good Place? Who's the monk in the Good Place? Is it Manny? Manny, the monk. The the one who um they think uh he's original uh, the guy from Jacksonville. Oh, um, Jace- Jason. Jason, sorry, the actor is called Manny. The actor is Manny yeah. Jacinto. Yeah, he so plays Jason Mendoza in the and movie. he's in Top Gun, uh, Top Gun Maverick. Yes, I think he's just one of the one of the pilots in the room. But it means that one of my top rated actors of the year is him, and I was not expecting that. But yeah, the cast is incredible. The set pieces are insane. You kind of know exactly what's going to happen. I'm not going to spoil any... Well, I, I, we're going to st- steer clear from spoilers, I think, this episode. Because... Yeah, it's, there's a recency thing. Yeah, the point of this episode is to get you guys watching great films that came out this year. So it'd be weird to randomly drop in. And then there were aliens. But it was just fucking amazing. And like you said, like nobody, nobody expected this. They would be unnamed aliens. Like we wouldn't yeah. know where they came from. Yeah, but you know where they wouldn't be from? They definitely wouldn't be from Russia. Because it's not Russia. It's definitely not Siberia. Let alone Russia. No, absolutely not. But there's just so many good... Like Again, all of the set pieces are fucking great. It's all done as practically as you probably could. Like There's a great scene, or a great story I heard, of... This fighter pilot did. I'm assuming it was the when Maverick goes through the course himself. Yeah. So I think when they shot that, the after the pilot had run through it, I think he was on like the uh, radio with the director and was like, "Did you get that?" And he was like, "Yes." It's like good because I'm never doing that again. Because <laughs> it just seems like they pushed everybody involved to the furthest point they could go. But that that seems to be Tom Cruise's approach to stuff now. Oh yeah, what- like he just did that Mission Impossible thing where he jumped out of the plane like nonchalantly talking to the camera. I'm fairly convinced that he is going to end. Oh god, we spoke about manifesting, didn't we? I I'm slightly concerned that Tom Cruise is going to go out in some kind of stunt that goes wrong because he just feels like he's pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm really looking forward to the new Mission Impossible film just because you know there's going to be batshit insane things for it. Yeah. Like, I hate him. As a, outside of the movie industry, I have no time for Tom Cruise at all, and I'm fairly sure there needs to be some kind of uh, investigation into uh, certain organisations he may be a part of. But... <laughs> Inside the movie industry, yeah, he's he seems to... He's just fucking insane. Yeah, absolutely insane. Uh, but it's why... My neighbour's working on uh, Mission Impossible 7. Is it 7? Yes. I think so. Or I think 6 is... 6 is the next... Fuck, no. No, it is 7. So I think Fallout was 6. Which, again, was a film that shouldn't have been anywhere near as good as it was. Because Mission Impossible yeah. Fallout is an incredible film. But no one saw it because it's Mission Impossible Six. Yeah, I've I've really not watched any of them to be honest with you. I think I watched. No, I I think the most interaction I've had with the Mission Impossible movies was the game. That yes, N sixty four. N sixty four. Yeah. Um, from Ghost Ghost Protocol, 
Which is the one where he sat on the roof of the tallest building in the world. Oh, the Burj Khalifa. Yeah. That, from then onwards, it's, it is just like a honed, brilliant action trilogy. Everything before then is a bit... The first one is more like a Cold War spy thriller. Yeah. And then the next two was felt like it was trying to figure out what it was. And then from that film, it kind of, I think, figured it out. Ghost Protocol sounds like it should be a, like, what we do in the shadows kind of thing. Just where all of these, like, poltergeists and people get together to figure out what, what the uh, what the laws are that govern the land of ghosts. Uh, yeah, they should do that after, hopefully, werewolves. <laughs> but, but yeah, Top Gun Maverick. It, hmm. It's fucking amazing. It should not have been. It, yeah, it shouldn't have been in this. I did not think we'd be talking about Top Gun Maverick in a fucking sum up episode. No, but no, fucking hell, it's good. It was. I did you see it on the the big screen? No, I didn't. I rented it. it. I I saw it on the big screen and every man and um, yeah, it it really. I think that kind of added to the uh, added to the occasion because it's it's yeah those set pieces and the soundtrack and everything with. Yeah, big screen, big speakers was good fun. They'll do. I'm assuming Prince Charles Cinema will play it again at some point in some kind of action. They got a season. double bill. It. They have. They have done the double bill before. Have they? But I need to. Yeah, I'd like to do the double bill. Yeah, basically the same film twice, but it's Top Gun, so it's fine. If you had to pick a double bill, as in like your two favorite bills, who would they be? Uh, <laughs> my favorite bills. Uh, yeah. Number one, uh, Skarsgård. Okay. Big fan of Bill Skarsgård. He's not. Yeah. He's not even my favorite Skarsgård, but he's one of my favorite Bills. Uh, two second Bill. You know what? Why not the Bill I play rugby with? <laughs> Bill's Bill's great. Bill is Bill. When I'm Bill's age, yeah. If I could do anything, I would be happy. Let alone still playing rugby at a high fucking level. <laughs> High a high level does make it sound like that you guys are in like yeah <laughs> the Premier League or something. You get what I mean though. Yeah. Still playing rugby well. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Because I played against some old guys who do not play rugby well, and you just start feeling a little bit bad. Yeah. I'm gonna go um, Nye, as in the science guy, oh, and nice. Murray. Oh, nice. I thought you were gonna go Nye and Nye Ah, no, that's that's interesting though, isn't it? Yeah, I would. If fuck it, let's go another top three. Uh, if I had to add a third, it would be Bill Nye. Okay, I think. If I had, or oh, I'd go. It would be a toss-up between uh, Bailey and Hader. Oh, that's the old. There's a lot of bills. This is this is what there happens is. when we don't uh, don't do research. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm sticking sticking with mine. Okay. Nye, just Bill, and. Uh, Skarsgård. Just Bill. Just Bill. <laughs> Sounds like an indie band. Uh, anyway, yeah. your anyway. your not third choice. My not third choice. Second choice. My second choice. So my second choice was this is what has kind of bumped uh, Top Gun out of my top three. Um, and I love Top Gun as we've discussed, but um, this I watched. Uh, fairly recently and it is a so it's interesting i think it was kind of billed as a documentary and i guess you probably would say it's a documentary but and this is one of the reasons i've picked it is that it completely subverts everything that you would expect a documentary is so my number two film of the year is uh the david bowie 
documentary Moonage Daydream. And the thing that is just so it's completely changed my sort of my perception about what a documentary is or what rules maybe it has to follow is that it doesn't have a narrative. There's no one narrating it. There's no one kind of talking about what's going on. It is all just kind of archive footage of mostly David Bowie with some other kind of people thrown in as well and some interviews and things. But it's edited together and cut together in such a way that it has its own narrative. I mean, it is it is insanely well done. It's got some great like concert footage. Um, it's got some really kind of trippy images and and um uh kind of like pop culture references spliced into it and then obviously with a with a bowie centric soundtrack but it's just yeah i found it it's long it's like i think it's coming up on about two and a half hours but yeah it just completely completely changed my perception of what a documentary could be and it was really really well done so and uh you know obviously the uh the added benefit of bowie being the uh the um the centerpiece but yeah i've i've already had the message from my dad saying like we're gonna watch the david Dubois documentary over christmas right and it's like yeah we are dad yeah we are of course yeah. we are <laughs> nice yeah i've uh yeah so from from that obviously i have not seen it yet but i've yeah. i've heard very very good things so i do yeah i am looking forward to it and i think you get it with documentaries especially i think a good documentary really makes you realize how bad a lot of documentaries are yeah i i think so but i think i guess the other thing like this is so the worst if i take the, the worst documentary i've ever seen was the um the 85 bears documentary oh yeah 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 and the whole thing is just talking heads spliced together with nothing like that's it and it's just it it feels you know the really awful editing sequence in bohemian rhapsody where you have all of those cuts in a really short space of time it feels like that but with talking heads and for an hour and 20 minutes and it was just terrible and it was a really like you know that's the most basic way you can do a documentary right you get 10 people that know about the thing and you interview them and then you edit together the interviews yeah which is which is a surprisingly difficult thing to get right as i'm assuming this documentary proves yeah absolutely but yeah as i say it's just it's it the the fact that they've taken again there might be other movies and documentaries out there that have taken a similar approach i've not seen any so it's at least a brand new kind of a brand new approach to documentaries for me but yeah phenomenal and i guess you know one of the things that kind of shows that um it does have that level of um kind of it's basically it's got the stamp of approval it's the only film that's had the uh kind of rubber stamp from the bowie estate yeah they obviously i think because the other one came out this year the like biopic right which was universe, universally panned yeah which yeah i refuse on principle i refuse it yeah because it looks it looks right you know it's bad when he doesn't even look like fucking bowie yeah and it's not like licensed any of the songs either right Nothing. Nothing's licensed in it. Yeah. Yeah. And so I just looking at the article about it and it's one of the interesting things as well is that they mentioned they kind of splice in all of these pop culture things. There's over a dozen 
fil- oh, sorry over two dozen films that are kind of bought into it and there's like um things like metropolis um clockwork orange space odyssey and yeah it's uh it's phenomenal i mean we can talk about it more once you've once you've watched it over christmas but um really 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 good documentary on to my second choice which is actually my second choice which is what bumped top gun maverick down for me so this is a film that i am now pretty much obsessed with so this is i was very close to saying 2022s it's like of course it's fucking <laughs> 2022s uh this is the indian film rrr or triple r or rrr, or however you want to pronounce it but rrr so it actually stands for it's uh raudram ranam radiram which is telugu for fierce death blood fierce death blood that uh, sounds like a metal band that's a bad name as, as we often come to, band name. I'd see that. It really does. It's incredible, isn't it? Or, or a Chinese, like a 1970s martial arts yeah. movie. Uh, it's kind of been translated as Rise, Raw, Revolt. So we still get the dub, uh, the triple R. Okay. So it is a Tollywood movie. So it was recorded in uh, Telugu, which I'm probably horrifically butchering and it basically follows two characters it's kind of the first it's got a bit of a kind of departed vibe so one of the characters is trying to rescue this girl who was kidnapped from their village and the other guy is an undercover policeman who's trying to basically find this other dude and then they end up becoming friends without realizing who the other person is and then the story goes a lot deeper and a lot weirder places than you'd think from there uh it is the nicest thing i can say about it is that it is a three hour movie uh three hour five and i watched it for the first time last week and i would watch it i considered watching it again yesterday uh and i'm uh they're showing it at the prince charles cinema second week of uh january so if you're listening to this you might might be able to go see it, but it is on Netflix. Uh, weirdly, it's on Netflix. The Hindi version is on Netflix, so I don't know why, but it's really difficult to get the actual version of the film recorded in the original language. Yeah, and obviously because there are so many uh, official languages in India, there are so many different language versions of all of the songs in the film right which is just that's a youtube hole i've fallen down now i've listened to a song from it multiple times in multiple different languages nice (laughs) because why wouldn't you uh the songs are fucking amazing uh it is i'd be very surprised if it's not oscar nominated uh it's up for golden globe for uh i don't know how to phrase it in uh, with the Golden Globes, but non-English language film, uh, and it's also up for original song. Okay, so it's yeah, it's very high quality. It's the most expensive, I think, Indian film ever made. It is the second foreign language film ever to make the National Board of Reviews Best uh, Film of the Year list, and it's just insane. I, I think the way I described it to you before is it has the feel of a superhero movie without any of the baggage of what superhero movies are now. Yeah. It's just kind of an over-the-top action film. It's really funny. It's really sweet. The songs are fucking brilliant. 
the only criticism I've heard from it is that the obviously so it's set in India in the 1920s where obviously there's a lot of English people around and the English actors aren't the strongest but it's not an English film so I, I think you can forgive it for that because I wouldn't notice you know people acting in a foreign language that I'm watching whether they're being good or not it's everything's always a bit bigger and pantomime so i can i can see past that but it's just it's a hard fucking sell i know because it is a three hour movie but it fucking flew by and like i said i've been i have been thinking about this non-stop since it came out or since i watched it and i will be watching it again and again and probably again and then again yes. it's great mate mm. I'm it's fucking great. Intrigued. Colour me intrigued. And your first choice. My first choice. So my first choice. Flying through it. Absolutely. Like, I'm not even going to say that because this is recorded. Um, you could have made a Top Gun joke. I right? could have, yeah. You could have made a Top Gun joke, but instead you were going to make a joke that I would have to have cut out. Oh, you can mime it out. Everybody knows. <laughs> right. Uh, so my first choice uh, was a film that came out. Um, maybe, maybe I've got just uh, actually no, because I didn't see Moon Age Daydream at the cinema. So I was going to say maybe there's a there's a kind of a, a skew towards film, films I've seen at the cinema this year. But the most recent film I've seen at the cinema this year, um, and one that I've been looking forward to since I saw the trailer a while back because it just looked um, kind of one of those ones that's that's quite original and not something that you've you've kind of um seen anything like before and that film is the wonderful fantastic uh the menu um starring uh Anna, Anya Taylor Joy uh Rafe Fiennes and oh, Ralph Fiennes sorry and um is it Ralph or Rafe it's Ralph isn't it Ralph I think it's Ralph, Ralph I Fiennes. think Rafe Fiennes is the explorer is, yeah Ralph yeah. Fiennes and uh, Nicholas Holt as well. Nicholas Holt, who turns up in some really good fucking films. Yeah, and actually, I would have to say, like, whilst both Anya Taylor-Joy and Ralph Fiennes are phenomenal in this, for me, Nicholas Holt kind of steals it, because he's meant to play a character that you absolutely loathe, and he absolutely nails it. He is, like, perfect at it. It's, It's really a... It's kind of a commentary on a lot of things, like the culture of excess um social media culture and all of this kind of stuff that's terrible in the world and it's done really well but also in a way that whilst you know <laughs> that the you're kind of like they're they're kind of targeting people that like all this ridiculous over-the-top fancy food it also looks yeah. amazing and if there was kind of less of the um the bad stuff that happens if we're not doing spoilers. I 100% want to go to this restaurant <laughs> because it looks phenomenal. But yeah, it's um, it's really good. It's a lot of fun. There's also a shot of a burger in it that was just like, that looked like the best damn burger. Like, to the point, actually, that the next day, me and my partner couldn't stop thinking about the burger from the end. <laughs> so I went and made smash burgers. And uh, yeah, we had them for dinner the next day. Um, nice. Yeah. Nice. It's great. It's it's a lot of fun. It's it's kind of, it's pretty bleak. It's, uh, 
interesting commentary on on a, a bunch of things that's wrong with society and it's incredibly well acted and very original so yeah i i can't really recommend it enough um it it's one of the few movies where kind of it lived up to the expectations i had from kind of hearing the drips and drabs that i'd heard about it which is which can be it's quite difficult sometimes for horror to do that. Yeah. Because it is horror. It is uh, horror Yeah, I wouldn't go yeah. full... Of, I guess it probably falls into horror, but not... I don't think it's an out-and-out horror movie. A dark dark comedy more? I'd say it's a dark dark comedy... Yeah, dark comedy with horror... Dark, dark comedy light horror. With, with horror notes. <laughs> okay, nice. Weirdly produced by Will Ferrell. Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Interesting. Interesting. But yeah, really, really good. Um, I would suggest uh, I would suggest a watch. Okay, so my favourite film of the year, which is also Graham's uh, third favourite film of the year, is The Daniels' Everything Everywhere All at Once. Um, I fucking loved this film. I could, yeah. I mean, I, we've we, I've we've talked about it at kind of some length before. Yeah. But you, I think even explaining the plot to people doesn't do it surface service at all. It's just M- Michelle Yao is fucking incredible in it. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is great. Stephanie Tu is great. Uh, Ki Hu Kwan, who people will know as Short Round from Temple of Doom, has returned to acting and is fucking great in it as well. I actually thought he was the best part of the movie. I thought he was the really? best. Yeah, I thought he was so good. Just because of the huge swings in the characters he was playing yeah and it was effortless and i thought he was just phenomenal i he was he was my my standout yeah it's just it's just such a it's just fucking incredible i i mean my i think my go to anecdote about it which kind of i think sums up the film is there's so many different like readings and interpretations of it so I went to the cinema with my fiance to watch it, and when we left, I was like re-energized and revitalized about life in general, and was like, "Fuck it, let's like let's you know let let's just go and do things. Let's like go on fucking adventures and all of this shit." Uh, she left it uh, horribly depressed that there was no point in life at all, and the guy behind us in the cinema had to be woken up. <laughs> so it is. It's just there is so many different things that you could take out of it, and I just kind of think that's what cinema. I'm is, just glad really. don't have sausage fingers. Yeah, that was that was another big takeaway, but yeah. also a shame that there's not more talking raccoons. Yeah, yeah. raccoonies. But it's yeah, it's a film that I want to rewatch when I can pause it because there's so many like flashes of other things and yeah. universes and this is what multiverse of madness should have been basically but there's so many different snippets and things like that i'd love to just sit there just pausing it and seeing what's going on but i've never seen a film quite like it and it was just it was just one of those films where i think while i was watching it like halfway through it was just kind of like oh, wow, I'm watching probably my favourite film and it hasn't finished yet. Like, I think I came to terms with how good it was while I was watching it, which is rare. Because, like, R, uh, I'm just going to call it Triple R. Triple R, like, it was like a one that kind of sat with me. <laughs> yeah. And then I realised, wow, I've been thinking about nothing but this film since I've watched it. 
while everything everywhere all at once was just just in your face goodness graham two questions one is there another triple letter movie that you could do a triple bill with rrr uh triple x and another fuck it let's have a look IMDb. And the second one actually isn't a question. My The thing that knocked this down a bit for me, because I did really enjoy it, I think it's a very good film, I I found the beginning quite boring. It took a while for it to get going. When it got going, I enjoyed it a lot. But um, yeah, it just felt a bit... I think it could have been half an hour shorter. Yeah. Um, but it's... I mean, that's a small criticism. It was It was a very good film. Uh, I can't find a film which is just triple letters. We might have to go with Black Klansman. Okay, I'm right with that. Yeah, it works. Good, good film, that. Oh, it's a hell of a fucking double bill, go, uh, triple <laughs> bill going from RRR to Black Klansman. Which that's basic. That's just that's just a double bill of hey, white people are shit, aren't they? <laughs> well, you'd have to. Would and you, you know, watch and it, you know yeah. what, Graham? We are. Would you watch it in alphabetical order? I think you'd have to. You'd so have you'd, to. You'd, you'd finish it off with triple X. Yeah. The palette. Vin Diesel as a palette, palette cleanser. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just putting random letter combinations into. Uh, <laughs> ZZZ? Google, followed by movie. <laughs> yeah. So, honor- honourable mentions. What What would. Mm. I, I, I have my honourable mentions list. Uh, what, would, what would be on yours? So, we've already spoken about it at length for your one, but Top Gun yeah. was, was up there. See how they run? Yes. Yeah. This was another one where the trailer looked... I remember seeing the trailer at the cinema, thought it looked really, really good, wanted to see it, and then it lived up to it. Very good cast. Saoirse Ronan is fantastic. I think we spoke about it recently as well. Yeah, that was fantastic. Uh, one that I watched really recently was X. Oh, yeah. That was... I'd, I hadn't seen anything on it. Um, i just heard a few rumblings that it was really good. And yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. A very good homage to uh 70s horror movies felt like uh it felt like a this is a weird thing to say uh sexy texas chainsaw massacre yeah so here's a fun triple bill you could do yeah you could do x yeah there's a horror anthology called double x okay and then triple x and then triple x i don't think there's a quad x no quin x but you could do x x x x x x x nice well, also, well, no, actually, because the but there's the they're filming the third part, so X is going to be a trilogy. Yeah, they did the prequel back to back, which is already Pearl. out. It's called Pearl. Yeah. I haven't seen it, and then they're filming the third one, which is uh, what's the girl's name in it? Ma- Maxine, Maxine with three X's. Oh, which cool. Is what the uh, third one's going to be called? So yeah, that was that was. Very close to making my top three. Um, Banshees of Inishirin. Yes. That was a lot of fun, well-written, that, very, very funny. That nearly took Top Gun out of my list. Very, Interesting. Very nearly, just because it was so fucking funny. Yeah, I think that's that's it. And actually, one of the first films that I've watched, because we've had this discussion before, I don't like a film where nothing happens. Yeah. Right? With, like, uh, Lost in Translation, famously, is the one that we've... Uh, Nothing really happens in this one, but I think it's just so well written and so well acted that um, I, I could kind of kind of see past that. I think it was it was supposed to be a play. I think it was originally written as a play. I could see it working as a play really well. So the the guy who wrote it, uh, obviously famously did in Bruges. Yeah, he has a series of films which is like the Guardsman of 
Inismore and the f- whatever. It, it just it the Banshees of Inisherin fits the format of all of the plays he's written. Okay, hey, let me find out because we have Google and I edit this. So, Mar, Mar- yeah, Martin McDonough. Yeah, yeah. So he did uh, the Cripple of uh, Inishman, the Lieutenant of Inishmore. And then, yeah, yeah. This I think was originally conceived as a follow-up to those. Okay, interesting. Yeah, and actually, the last two—if we talk about uh, just go back to horror movies—one of the other ones that was a bit of a surprise sleeper hit for me this year was uh, Scream, as in yeah. like the 2022 version of Scream, which was really quite fun. Nice. But yeah, they're they're kind of my main uh, main honourable mentions. Nice. So for me, uh, the Batman, the Batman was really good. Uh, another Colin Farrell film because they're all fucking rocking up. Um, mm. Yeah, the Batman. I had a lot of fun. It was the first one where Batman seemed like a competent detective, and it was basically just felt like Seven but with capes. And I'm kind of <laughs> kind of okay with that. Uh, the Northman. So Anya Taylor Joy rocking up in there with a Skarsgård, not Bill though. And Bjork randomly rocks up in that one. Oh. But the Northman is fucking wild. It might not be as weird as i thought it would be given it was a it's an eggers film yeah uh, but it's still beautifully shot and the like the final uh kind of showdown is just incredible uh and yeah it's great uh the unbearable weight of massive talent i fucking loved definitely a film i'm glad i saw in the cinema on like opening day because the cinema was full of people who loved that shit the banshees of inisherin uh I shit the nay, Graham. Chip and mm. Chippendale Rescue Rangers. I still need to see this because it. I remember seeing the trailer and it looks phenomenal. It's very Lego Movie. So yeah. and it's yeah, it's very very meta, which obviously means it's something I fucking adore. But I've watched it twice this year, <laughs> and it is fucking <laughs> incredible. Uh, we talked about it on a previous episode, Brian and Charles. Is just a really mm. sweet piece of cinema. Um, strongly recommend that to people. Prey was really good, like a return to form mm. for uh, the fucking Predator franchise. Uh, I also watched a Netflix film called My Father's Dragon, which spoke to me on a level that I'm not entirely comfortable with and left me as the broken fragments of a man. And I think I need to talk to someone about it. But <laughs> it was very nice. It was the same studio who did uh wolf walkers and song of the sea and it's just a really nice film even if it's just an you could print off a random scene from it and put it on the wall it's that kind of animation yeah yeah but yeah it fucking destroyed me but yeah those are those are the, the that was the short list those are the ones that were in contention for the top three but everything else was just too good and that brings us on to everybody else's top three list for their favorite movies of the year so we could talk about some of these there's a fucking load so friend of the podcast uh caged in uh should we go three two one for each one yeah so caged in i thought you just wanted me to do like a countdown with yeah, you. I was yeah. Like, I mean, we can let's do a countdown a bit weird. so caged in did somebody say caged in Coppola connections with Petros, Francis, Roman, Sophia, Nicholas Cage, August, Jason Schwartzman, Gia, Adrian from Rocky, 
I, I, I just love me some coppolas, mate. Has uh, so uh, three after sun, uh, right. then everything everywhere all at once, and then nope, yeah. the Jordan Peele movie, okay. which was very very. It was it, nope was brilliant. Um, I don't think it's as strong as the other films he's done, but given the other films he's done are two of the best horror films ever made, I don't think that's necessarily an insult. Yeah, I still haven't seen that yet because it's. Uh, I'm not paying that much money to rent. Yeah, it, it, it's a, it's a down. Film. It's back. To, it's not a premiere anymore. Uh, well, I, it was like eight quid when I saw it the other day. Uh, oh yeah, it's not that. I I I paid more than I would have liked, but I don't regret it because it is fucking brilliant. I just saw the price and I was like, nope. Hey, that's that's maybe that maybe it was marketing. Maybe. Uh, Cage Rage uh, goes the Woman King, the unbearable weight of massive talent, the Banshees of Inisherin at one. Interesting. Uh, we have two of the hosts from Colin Brain versus the MCU. George goes everything, everywhere, all at once. The Northman, and then number one goes RRR. Okay. Uh, Robert from Colin Brain versus the MCU goes RRR. The Batman, everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, Fundamentals has Nope, everything, everywhere, all at once, and then the Batman at number one. The Church of Tarantino. Fucking, 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 and my dad in search jingle here. Introducing Ian's dad. Number three, the Batman. Number two, Top Gun Maverick. And number one, the Northman. Yeah. So those were. I. Uh, I feel like those. Those are our like inner circle podcasts. And my dad. <laughs> so we had a load of other people contact us as well. So two cents critic goes. Uh, RRR. Nope. Everywhere thing. Everywhere all at once. Biscuits and Blu-rays, The Batman, Top Gun Maverick, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Bloodfest the Podcast, which is a fucking hell of a name of a podcast, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Pearl, and then a film called We're All Going to the World's Fair, which I've heard is good, but I haven't seen. Elwood from the AC Film Club has Is That Black Enough for You? This is Guar, a documentary on the band Guar, (laughs) (laughs) and Everything Everywhere All at Once. Uh, Horror Flicks and Guitar Picks, which is one of my favourite named podcasts. Um, at number three has a film called Sweetie, You Won't Believe It. Okay. Which I watched because I hadn't heard about it. And the I apologise, I can't remember his name. But the guy from Horror Flicks and Guitar Picks described it as if Quentin Tarantino did without a paddle. Interesting. And he, Slight issue with that, though. It came out in 2020. Uh, it came out in cinemas here in 2022. Okay. So, it's a Kazakhstan. It's a film from Kazakhstan. Interesting. And it, it is possibly the only film I have seen from Kazakhstan. Well, you've seen both Borat movies. Hey, see what he did. But yeah, it's just fucking great. Like I had so much fun watching it. So, sweetie, you won't believe it. Uh, another one for Pearl. Okay. And then uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, Liam Dempsey from Spotlight, which is a Star Trek, uh, incredibly named Star Trek podcast. Uh, Top Gun Maverick, The Banshees of Inisherin, everything, everywhere, all at once. Reshoot movie podcast had The Banshees of Inisherin, Nope, and all together now, everything, everywhere, all at once. 
Stew World Order, which is another incredible name for a podcast. Uh, Bullet Train. The still not seen. It's though. a lot of fun. It is a lot yeah, of looks, fun. It looks fun. Uh, everything, everywhere, all at once at number two, and then Good Luck to you, Leo Grand. Okay. Which is an Emma Thompson movie about her getting a male prostitute. And I said that really dismissively. It is supposed to be a really, really good film. Sweet Films and Alcohol uh, has The Menu, Top Gun Maverick, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. The Hoffy Coffee podcast has All Quiet on the Western Front, The Batman and Top Gun Maverick. The List of Lists podcast, uh, The Banshees of Inishirin, A Love Song, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Tuning Japanese, who got their list in uh, about four minutes before we started recording, uh, and in no particular order had the unbearable weight of massive talent, Scream, and Chippendale Rescue Rangers. So, fucking love these guys. And then uh, the Unplanned Trek podcast just has the Batman three times. Fair enough. So, I did some some analysis, uh, Graham. So, out of 25... Uh, lists that were sent to us. Uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once was number one on 11 of them. So it is by far and away the most popular first choice. Uh, The most popular second choice was Top Gun Maverick. So that came in Mm -hmm. at number two on the most lists. And the most popular third choice was The Batman. The only other two films that were on number one on multiple lists was the Batman and Top Gun Maverick. So it is like, the, the the clear consensus is everything everywhere all at once, but there was still some fuck. Again, I think it's very clear. For all of the narrative that there's been about there's too many sequels and reboots and remakes and things like that, it was a fucking strong year of films, I think. Yeah, I think <clears throat> the thing that I struggle with the most is that there's too much stuff coming yeah. up. Yeah. There is too much content to... Slow down, Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. You shits. <laughs> TV shows time. We, we've got the movies mm. out of the way. It's on to TV shows. Uh, fuck knows how long this list, uh, this episode is so far, but thanks for sticking with us. RRR has an interval, so maybe we stick in an interval. We could, we could do an interval, yeah. Yeah, no idea what that would look like, or if I'll have the energy to make one, but who knows? You're on this adventure with us. If there is an interval, it's going to go now. It's time for an interval. Take your time, do all those things you do in an interval. Maybe, maybe go out and get a coffee. Maybe message a loved one asking how, how they're doing. You know, just, just pull their name up and ask, how are you? Perhaps, perhaps quirkily just using the letter R and the letter U instead of the actual words that they, that they stand for. Something, something which hasn't really been a worthwhile shortening of a word since you had to actually, you know, like back in the days where you'd have to press a button multiple times and, you know, things, things like that. That was simple, simpler times, weren't they? Where you could just get a, get a Nokia and you could input a custom ringtone and it would, you would come up and you had to like put in like. One 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 two two four five six six seven, and then you play it and ah, oh, fuck! What's this? It's the fucking faulty towers thing to you now, made out of electronic-sounding beeps. I'm sure it's exactly what John Cleese would have wanted, or whoever composed the faulty towers theme to you. This 
is an interval. The, the interval is still going. I have no idea how long this interval will last for. It'll, it'll last for as long as I find this joke funny. But uh, that could be some time because I'm a deeply, deeply pathetic man. This is an interval. Did, did, you, did you message a loved one yet asking how they're doing? That's, that is something you should, you should definitely do. Perhaps put the kettle on for a cup of coffee, tea, or a combination of two in a, in a comically oversized mug. This is an interval. Or a pot noodle. You, you could also make a pot noodle. It doesn't have to be a, a tea or a coffee. This is the... Or a hot water bottle. You could also make a, a hot water bottle. So a cup of tea, coffee, tea, coffee, pot noodle, hot water bottle. Those are the options. Or pasta. You could just make pasta. Maybe, maybe message a loved one while cooking yourself an entire batch of macaroni cheese. This is an interval. This is still the interval. This is also... You know, you know what, fuck it, let's just get back into the episode. Top three TV shows then! Uh, and I will, I will defer to you for uh, your third choice. Uh, okay, my third choice is much like my first choice in the movie realm, in that it is fairly culinary. It is also my one of two sets of TV show choices which contains an animal in the title, but not a dangerous wild animal. Actually, yeah, I suppose it is. This first one is a dangerous wild animal. The last one isn't. The bear on Disney Plus. Not um, not a dangerous animal. <laughs> I was thinking about the, the other one. I was like, oh, you could own one of those, but you can't own a bear. Yeah, that's fair. Well, you shouldn't. At least. You shouldn't, no. It is, yeah, really, really good. It's a sort of dark comedy drama centering around a restaurant in Chicago. So basically, Guy's brother kills himself, leaves the restaurant to him, but it's a failing restaurant, and he's kind of come in to turn it around, and he's like a big superstar chef. Used to work at Noma, and is now running like this, uh, basically beef sandwich shop, Italian beef sandwich shop in the uh, in uh, like downtown Chicago. It's really, really good. It's um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I didn't, I I thought it looked okay when it kind of popped up, but I wasn't like expecting anything amazing. But um, yeah, just just really good, really fun, quite heartwarming, very funny. Yeah, it also does the food side of things really well. Not chef level, but it's 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 really good. And I think one of that's, the reasons that's why the, is that's the movie chef Graham isn't just being really pretentious. <laughs> it just yeah. it just food well not not chef level food but no, not chef level yeah. food but it's got Matty Matheson in it who is also a I think he might be one of the producers as well but he's a he's a chef he's a Canadian chef he does a lot of stuff with like I don't know if you ever watched um, Brad Leone um, on uh, Bon Appetit YouTube channel who does like a lot of the fermentation stuff so this uh, Matty Matheson is is kind of a friend of his he's done a few videos with him very um yeah good good chef and i think having him on board has probably helped in that regard of like you, w- replicating what kitchens like 
I mean, it does feel extremely stressful at times. Um, yeah. I don't know if you've you've not worked in kind of the service industry. Uh, no, have you? No, I have not. I so I a lot of my jobs when I was at uni and stuff, I always worked in bars. But you obviously work quite closely with the restaurant because in most cases there's there's both of those in an establishment kitchens are horrible <laughs> <laughs> and chefs tend to be really moody and don't have uh, don't really uh like like anyone that's not other chefs but that level of kind of like and i get it it's a really stressful job it's unsociable hours it's it's you know but they capture that really quite well i think in um in the in the series but it's it's really good i'd highly highly recommend it I assumed it would be really stressful because I think I kept getting it mixed up with, is it Boiling Point? Which is like the Stephen Graham one done oh, in one yeah, take. Stephen, mate. That, that yeah, is yeah. apparently like experiencing a heart attack. Yeah. But, yeah, I've not watched that. Some people have said it's really good and some people have said it's awful. I, I, and there doesn't seem to be an in-between. I think anything that's done in the style of that, I think, would be divisive. Yeah. But, yeah, the bear, the bear is on my list. I have not got to it yet. Third on my list, uh, and for this, Graham, we are going to a galaxy far, far away. Brackets, also a long time ago. Close brackets. Open brackets, but not as long ago as the prequel trilogies, kind of just after those, but before Rogue One, obviously. Close brackets. So we are talking about Andor, the uh, Disney Plus... And Andor what? <laughs> The and this is going to go a bit. Uh, who's on first, isn't it? But yeah. So and Andor is the uh, Star Wars series following uh, Cassian Andor, who is Diego Luna's character in Rogue One, and it basically follows him getting into the the rebellion. Really, it also stars a member of a family we have already mentioned multiple times, Stellan Skarsgård. So Daddy Skarsgård himself is in this. But the cast are brilliant. So Diego Luna's great in it. Stan Skarsgård's brilliant. Fiona Shaw, uh, Denise Goff, Genevieve O'Reilly. Uh, Andy Serkis rocks up for a bit, for like a three-episode arc. But it's just so fucking okay. good. What, um... I, I wasn't expecting there to be a, a CGI animal in it. <laughs> yeah, for the first time, it's actually Andy Serkis. <laughs> uh, it's no, uh, just him. As a human person, it's very... which is which is rare, but he's very fucking good at it. If anything, I think he kind of, as with a lot of things he's in, kind of generally steals whatever scenes he's a part of. But it's so fucking good that it does for the Empire what Rogue One did for Darth Vader. Yeah. So a lot of people remember uh, the scene at the end of Rogue One where Darth Vader fucks shit up and it was the first time you understood why people were scared of him yeah and or shows what the empire is doing to like the normal people in the galaxy and suddenly it doesn't seem like the big cartoony faceless nameless organization anymore imprisoning people without uh trials for undisclosed amount of time as in slave labor and you know all, all, all of uh all of that shit stuff, but it, it actually makes them feel realistically evil, uh, which I don't think we've had, really. And it was just... It, so the the way that they've done it is everything kind of happens in, like, three-episode arcs. Yeah. One is basically a heist, one is set in a prison, and it, it's just... Yeah, it, it, it's just incredible. 
the only reason it's not higher for me is the they have a season two but the finale didn't feel like an end it just felt like they stopped filming kind of thing it was a finale where i had to double check there wasn't another episode to come right or checking i hadn't missed something which is always a bit of a shame especially when the show was kind of so fucking good but yeah there's been a lot of star wars stuff out this year um i did enjoy the others but andor was it's the best thing they've done in a fucking long time yeah i've I've still not got around i've i've really quite both on the star and this goes back to my point earlier about there just being too much stuff i've kind of um both on the marvel tv shows and the star wars things like i've just not got around to them i've i'm I think the last thing I watched Star Wars was season two of The Mandalorian, so haven't seen Obi Wan, haven't seen Boba Fett, haven't seen Andor. I and... I I enjoyed in I enjoyed you I enjoyed, enjoyed I enjoyed Obi Wan Kenobi. I know some people really really didn't, but I thought it was just fun. Yeah, I'll get around to them at some point. Yeah. But I think yeah, I don't know. I think we were talking about this the other day. Like, there's a bit of um, bit of fatigue around some of these franchises. Um, because they're just pumping out so much of them. Well, and the, yeah, and it's also not clear. S- Star Wars is good in that it's a bit clearer what you have to have seen, but it's yeah. going to get a lot messier, I feel, down the line. With Marvel, I don't know what I need to watch to understand the other stuff. And there is so much, so much fucking content. Yeah, well, I even had to see that with... Um... The Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special mm. had to do a quick Google to be like, have I seen everything that I need to see? Yeah. But yeah. 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 Next choice is both of ours. It because is. we both have the same second choice. But it's your turn to talk, so I'll throw over to you. Nice. Um, so it is a, technically a series that didn't start this year. The first season of it was in 2019, I believe. Yes. And it is a second series that I was not expecting because the first season of it is kind of pretty well self-contained, right? Like if if it if they had never done anything else, you wouldn't have been surprised. But I was surprised that they did do a second season and it was as good as it was. And that is uh, Upright, the Tim Minchin and Millie Alcock series. And yeah, it w- it was pleasantly surprising because... As I say, it could have gone down the Matrix route. No, not having a artificial intelligence controlling our perceptions of reality. But the idea that the first movie or the first series was good enough that it didn't need anything else and doing more kind of harmed it. And I don't think that was the case. I think it was good that there was this kind of three-year gap between them because I think yeah, they made a series where there was a season where there was a story to be told. And they did it very well. And in, similar to the first season, it pulls on the heartstrings. It is, uh, I mean, the last episode absolutely destroyed me. And yeah, it's just really good. Tim Minchin is fantastic. Millie Alcock is, is really, really good. I think she's going to be, I don't know, she's done House of the Dragon and stuff, but I think she's going to be a bit of a force for the for the future. Um, I, I don't see her having a short career. Yeah, so the, the, the Tim Minchin thing it's worth talking mm. about as well, because what put me off watching Upright in the... So I watched Upright for the first time this year, and what put me off watching it was Tim Minchin is very obviously Tim Minchin, 
and I was worried it would ju- you wouldn't be a it wouldn't be his it would so he plays a character called Lucky. I was worried that I would just watch it and it would just be Tim Minchin. Yeah. There wouldn't be a character. It would just basically be Tim Minchin. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You lose that within the first 10 minutes of the first episode. Like I did I did not give him the credit he is warranted as an actual actor and I apologize for that. But so yeah, mm-hmm. the the first the first series is one of my favorite seasons of TV full stop. Like you said, you didn't need a sequel and once I finish season one, I would yeah. be lying if I said I wasn't worried about the prospect of what season two would do to it, because it is such like a beautiful self-contained story. But it's just, yeah, it is a natural progression that doesn't take away. It's not as good as season one, but it doesn't take anything away from it. And in and it's in its own self-contained 2022-ness, it was really fun. It was just funny. It didn't quite. It didn't go where I thought it would. No, for one, absolutely not. It also the other thing I like about it is that it it adds to season one as well because technically yes. there's things yeah. that happen in it that would have happened in the timeline of season one. Yeah, but yeah, really, really good. Very yeah, very, very, very good. Good old. It's. I apologise now to both Tim Minchin and Millie Alcock that I did not get round to it sooner. Well, you can also apologise to me, you bastard, because I told you to watch it many, many times. And and tell you what, I'll, I'll put like a depressing piano music in the background, but Graham, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I should have listened to you sooner. I shouldn't have assumed I knew more about Tim Minchin in a show I hadn't watched but you had than you had did. And for that, I will forever be sorry. Nice. The only way that could have been any better is if it was written on the iPhone Notes app. Ah, uh, that's one of my favourite Instagram posts we've done. <laughs> I'm sorry you feel that <laughs> way. <laughs> oh, dear. And, uh, oh, fucking, fucking, I say flying through. We've been recording for nearly two hours. Uh, your, your first choice. My first choice. So my first choice is, as I mentioned, um, another animal-based TV show that doesn't actually have any animals in it. Um, And that is the phenomenal Apple TV series, Slow Horses. Slow Horses. Is there a Skarsgård in it? Ooh, no. 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 Okay, just just double-checking. No no Skarsgård's in Upright either. No. But, uh, yeah, it's so good. So both seasons have come out this year. Oh, really? Yeah, so I think it was like March time season one came out. And season two is on its penultimate episode this evening, um, as of recording. Is it a one in? Is it a one in two, or is it like a one A one B kind of? It's job? a one and one and two completely different uh, story. Oh, that's lines. crazy! Yeah, so I can only assume they must have filmed them back to back. I mean, it's obviously it's the same yeah. cast and things like that. But yeah, really, really, really good. Um, so it's about MI five detectives who get shunted out to a place called Slough House which is where they basically um, send agents in MI5 who they either want to get rid of or have, like, taken, you know, they've done something they, they kind of don't want them part of. They're kind of forcing them to quit kind of thing. Yeah. So And they end up with um, a drunk and abusive Gary Oldman as their boss um, as, as, part of the, uh, as part of the deal. And... I'm sorry, I'm going to have to say that um, Tiptoes was lying when it said that it was Gary Oldman in the role of a lifetime because I think this might be the best thing I've seen him in. Um, 
he is really he is so good in it he is so like exceptionally funny as well like really really dry funny gary oldman um yeah i just love it it's first season is all based around it's like a white nationalism thing um and they're trying to foil that plot and the second season is all around like russian sleeper agents in uh in the in the uk yeah i i I really cannot recommend it enough um i i i got apple plus just to watch it if if even in above the films i've spoken about today i would say that if you only watch one thing that i've spoken about on this podcast today it would be slow horses because it is it's it's the best thing i've watched as a series since succession and the only reason Succession isn't on this list is because there wasn't a season of it this year. The season four comes out in April of next year. So spoilers for next year's episode. Yeah. <laughs> unless <laughs> unless that has really screwed the pooch, I'm sure Succession season four will be uh, will be uh, propping up the uh, 2023 list. First on my list is uh, a return to form and a return to Westeros with uh, Game of Thrones' House of the Dragon. I am a huge fantasy fan. I like this kind of shit. And House of the Dragon is just, it was just a lot of fun. I, it was the first show in a while I'd watched weekly. So whenever it came out, I watched it. And it's just fucking great. It's everything that you remember Game of Thrones being and nothing that you've choosen, chosen to kind of wipe mostly from your mind. I guess the... The the benefit of of this kind of fantasy as well is you can't lose it. Hey, it's funny because my fantasy football team is doing badly, so badly. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, you can't lose at House of the Dragons. No. Um, but you also can because obviously in the Game of Thrones, uh, you either win or you lose. I so you win or you die. Uh, house, didn't you? Oh, I mean, death, lose, same thing. I can't remember. Is it? Last time uh, I played Monopoly and lost, I didn't. Well, die. that's that's because you weren't playing the game. Monopoly's not the game of Thrones. But you it's just the game of you capitalism. just equated. You said losing and dying. It's the same thing. Fair. Okay. <laughs> you you got me by accurately listening to the shite I say. Uh, so House of the Dragon is uh, it's set. Uh, it's a prequel to Game of Thrones, and it follows the uh, civil war uh, between the Targaryens, who are currently ruling. Westeros. The cast is fucking insane. So Paddy Constantine plays King Viserys the first, and he is going to win all of the awards for is it. Is this the first time he's? Because I know him more as a director. Has he done a lot of acting? He's done a lot. He has done a lot. I don't think he's done a lot of TV. Okay. Um, and I don't think he's done a lot of like. He's usually the other guy, right? right. Like he's. Usually on a background ensemble kind of character, but he was incredible as um, Viserys. It is one of the best performances in TV I've seen in a very, very long time. And like I said, he will win all the awards and he justifiably should. Matt Smith, for me, I was a bit worried, exactly the same as the Tim Minchin stuff, that it would just be Matt Smith playing Matt Smith. But no. He's uh, he's uh, Prince Damon Targaryen, who is uh, Viserys' brother, and he's fucking fantastic in it. Uh, Millie Alcock, uh, so from Upright, kind of rocks up in as the younger version of Princess Rhaenyra, 
who then there's a couple of time jumps in the series so the series covers all of the build-up to the civil war and it takes place over like a decade or two and it does it seamlessly uh, so that's interesting because I've the criticisms I've heard about it were that those time jumps were handled really poorly. I've not seen it, so I I can't. Come. It doesn't it doesn't spoon feed it to you, right? So if you aren't expecting it or paying attention, I think it could kind of blindside you a bit. But I really liked it, and I, there's a lot of there are criticisms to it, but all of the criticism are kind of reasons I like it. So it really leans into you. So it's a civil war between, um, obviously, two factions. You can kind of get both sides of it. Yeah. So the way they've set it up is there's a lot of misunderstanding and accidents that have caused, basically, this to happen. And then, because of the... You you can understand all of the history behind it as well. You get why they're not going to be able to, you know, sue for peace kind of thing. Like, you understand exactly what's what it's setting up and that is kind of what season one is it is setting up this civil war which is obviously then gonna play out over uh i can't remember if they've set it up for three or four seasons but it's gonna be it's gonna be great they they i really enjoyed it uh olivia cook um is phenomenal in it uh emma darcy it's d apostrophe rc darcy is really fucking good as well uh reese fans graham mctavish uh, Eve Best is fucking brilliant. Uh, Steve Toussaint, like the the the, it is a proper ensemble cast, and I just it was great. I, it had me guessing the whole way through. You were never quite sure what was going to happen, and again, they 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 obviously Game of Thrones is famous for you know no character is safe up until the final season kind of thing, but. For this, you do believe it. You were never quite sure what's going to happen. Yeah, in the best possible way. But I loved it. It's interesting um, that it's because it, there was a lot of them that were kind of touted as, or at least um, pitched to HBO, and yeah. this was the only one that has thus far been been picked up as, or at least made. I think maybe one of the others is it the sea so, snake has been picked up as well. So the sea snake is a character from this right. who is going to get a spin off. Uh, there's going to be Snow, which is like the further adventures of Jon Snow, yeah. uh, and then there were a load which have been cancelled. I think Naomi Watts was going to be in one, and that wasn't picked. But up. as far as I know, the the Jon Snow one still hasn't actually been officially picked up, right? I think it has now. Okay. But- off the back, I think of how good House of the Dragon did, but there were there were six or seven of these shows floating around at one point. Yeah, and like you said, a lot of them I think have been dropped because I think they have realised you do kind of need the name recognition isn't going to do isn't going to do it anymore with kind of what you left Game of Thrones on. You have to kind of buy it back with actual fucking quality. Yeah, but I I loved yeah I I I loved House of the Dragon. I am really looking forward to the next series which again given that i went in not expecting it to be great i was very surprised and uh yeah it was it was it was brilliant nice didn't have a new theme tune and i'm not all right with that oh that just reused the game of thrones one no no different title sequence yeah but yeah no guys you can do better okay so uh those are those are our top three TV mm-hmm. shows. Do you have any honourable mentions? Yeah, I've got a few. So, The Dropout, 
which um, is follows um, the Theranos saga, um, which stars Amanda Seyfried as Elizabeth Holmes and kind of follows through the insanity of what Theranos was and how it um, how everything kind of cr- came crashing down around her, which is very similar. And I would be very surprised if we don't get something similar with the FTX stuff that's just happened yeah. because it's a. It's one of these things, and it seems to be a recurring thing at the moment. That obviously they've made these drama shows out of them, but in reality, that there are these um, entrepreneurs who are kind of trading off of the idea of something that seems to get and manifest all of this investment, but never actually materializes, and then everything goes to shit. But that was really good. Amanda Seyfried's very good in it, in that she's so awkward and quite hard to watch. But that if you then watch. Elizabeth Holmes, she is a really quite strange and awkward individual, so she plays it really well. <laughs> this technically, I'm going to mention it, even though it didn't technically come out this year, it came out last year, but it was very similar to uh, Dropout is Dope Sick. That's oh, yeah. the yeah, yeah. OxyContin thing. Um, it's got uh, Caitlin Denver, it's got um, what's his what's his name? Birdman, uh, Michael Keaton, Michael Keaton, and and a few others, and that is that is really really good. Um, again, didn't come out this year, so it's a slight cheat. But I watched it this year, and then the last one, the only reason it's an honourable mention rather than up there in my list is because I haven't actually finished it yet. I've only watched a couple of the episodes, but I was really really impressed by Rings of Power. What I've seen of it so far, yes, yeah, similar to what you were saying about House of the Dragon, I was expecting it to be a bit ropey. I know they spent a lot of money on it, but yeah, and there again, there's been a lot of criticisms from like die-hard Tolkien fans and things. But oh, who and I'll go on record here can all fuck off. <laughs> but um... if, if we talk, if we're talking about the criticisms, which I'm not even going to fucking air, they're fucking morons. <laughs> I don't think I've seen these because I I don't have I, the stuff I saw was just like oh it's a bit. It's it's not pure Tolkien kind of thing. So I can only imagine what you're referring to. Fuck them. I love the the the. So uh, Rings of Power is on my honourable mention list as yeah. well. Rings of Power did no favors coming out week in week out with House of the Dragon. No, it felt like a, because a, to it talk was, about something you spoke earlier, a, a Matrix Equilibrium. Um, <laughs> yeah, kind of deal. Because people people would watch how. Uh, I saw some feedback of Rings of Power of like, oh, well, like they're all talking like all like, you know, airy fairy, like whatever. It's like, no, that's how elves talk, mate. That's the type of fantasy we're watching. Yeah. Like we're not. These are two different, entirely different shows. You can't, you can't compare them. But it's like I loved Rings of Power. I had a lot of fun. It's like when the um, wasn't there a brief crossover of um, Lord of the Rings movies and Harry Potter movies coming out for like maybe the first like maybe two towers there, there, there would there would have been yeah yeah, yeah. and that was quite similar because they always used to come out at christmas time so you'd get both of those yeah. and they're again very similar because they're both in these kind of fantasy worlds big book series but also worlds apart but yeah they're, they're the main other ones that i that i uh mentioned i've so i've seen some uh there was a few that were really quite bad um so we won't go into those because this is a positive podcast ian positive <laughs> So my uh, my honourable mentions again. There's not that many because it was a very very film heavy year for me. Rings of Power, as we said. Uh, Don't hug me, I'm scared. I still haven't watched that yet. I was entirely blindsided that uh, entire traditional thirty minute 
six episodes of Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared <laughs> was out on Channel 4. Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared is a YouTube series, which Graham and I might have talked about before, that is one of the weirdest, most fucked up things I've ever seen. It lives rent-free in my mind, and I am glad it is there. Yeah. But the, the TV show is just fucking odd. It's basically like an R-rated kids' TV show, really. It's all puppets and bright colours and songs, and it is fucked. Yeah, I mean, I've only seen the YouTube stuff, but it is... There's, yeah. We have um, one of... Time, it's a yeah, one, That song is on our shared playlist, and every now and then it, it starts, and I uh, I have to usually skip it. Yeah. yeah. I, one, I guess, uh, Taskmaster. Um, this year's Taskmaster was really, really good. Yeah, t- Taskmaster. Or this year's Taskmasters? Does, yeah, two of them, and they were both very strong. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah no, Taskmaster was going to be on mine yeah. as well. Um, and if we're going non-fiction, uh, welcome to Wrexham. Yes, that is a very good show. Which, actually, that was good. Very. I'm not uh, as as you know as bought up Prizzy as Welsh adjacent. <laughs> they did an episode on Welsh history that was predominantly wrong, and that didn't sit great with me. I but I think every- you're being a bit harsh there. That was all very oh, no, tongue in cheek, and they the, were they the they. I liked doing. I liked the messaging and what they were trying to doing. Uh, try try to yeah. do what what is great for me at least with welcome to Wrexham is it is aimed at people who don't give a shit about football i don't know if it's aimed at people that don't give a shit about football it's aimed at people that maybe or don't know don't... and know about football yeah 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 that, that's kind of more what i meant yeah. it's aimed at people who don't know about football so it doesn't weirdly it it focuses more on the overarching sport of it rather than the actual football of it if that makes sense yeah but i, I think there's a, a good kind of I, the stuff I really enjoyed about it was the um, how they linked sport and community and the yes. emotional side of sport, which is, um, yeah. And was it in that where they did the whole thing about how, was there the psychologist that spoke about how, like, football is the only way that men show emotions to each other, or is that something else I've seen? Yeah, I, I, th- I yeah. think that was that. But I, I also liked that they didn't ignore the shit side of it as well. So like you had bits about the hooliganism yeah. and problems they have with it. And it was just, yeah, it it was a very, very good documentary series. And that's coming from someone who cares not about football. I watched the majority of that. So I'd watched probably the first, because it's about 18 episodes long, right? It's quite a lengthy yeah. series. So I watched about six or seven episodes. And then um, I had my COVID booster jab and was really, really sick um as a result of it so i woke up at about two o'clock in the morning with like sweats and chills and just felt awful and could not for the life of me get back to sleep so i then watched basically the next 11 episodes from 2 a.m in the morning <laughs> till about 7 a.m or whenever it finished because i couldn't sleep and uh yeah so uh, i may misremember some of those things because of the, the weird uh fever state i was in but um so you, do, do you think they won <laughs> <laughs> yeah and they, they, the super bowl right yeah 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 but yeah no it's 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 really good yeah no it's fucking brilliant hey guys future ian here with a with a last minute honorable mention because today i found out that the dc and james gunn tv series peacemaker came out in 2022. For some reason, I thought it was 2021. So I didn't even factor it into my fucking shortlist or anything. Uh, It wouldn't have made the top three. It probably would have sat in just at four, um, just off of the strength of Andor and everything that did. But Peacemaker is fucking amazing. John Cena is fucking amazing. The soundtrack was fucking amazing. I don't have the cast list in front of me, but every single person involved in that TV series is fucking brilliant. It's funny, it's gory, it's stupid, John Cena is 
the second best wrestler turned actor after Dave Bautista. Now on to everybody else's top three. So, uh, caged in, and again, same, we'll go three, two, one with each one. So, caged in at number three has Yellow Jackets, uh, The Bear, and Better Call Saul. Uh, Cage Rage has The Bear, Severance, and Better Call Saul. Then the guys from Colin Brain versus the MCU, George has House of the Dragon, uh, Severance, and Andor. Uh, and Robert from Colin Brain versus the MCU has Bad Sisters, which I wanted to watch, but I haven't got around to it yet. Ghosts and Severance. Then uh, Fundamentals, Andor, Stranger Things, Better Call Saul, The Church of Tarantino, Yellow Jackets, Andor, Better Call Saul. Which the takeaway here is I really should have watched Better Call Saul. Yeah, I did. Have you watched any of it? Like, I started it. I I have. I have enjoyed it. It's just, it is heavy going. But yeah, I I haven't, haven't got to it yet. My dad, Jingle here. Introducing Ian's dad. At number three, Westworld, Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power, and then House of the Dragon at number one. Two Cents Critic, uh, Cobra Kai, The After Party, which I meant to watch but haven't got round to yet. Uh, And then The Sandman. So The After Party is like a murder mystery and every witness they talk to says the story in the style of a different thing. Nice. So I think... I think there's like a musical episode, a sitcom episode, an action movie episode. Um, Drunks vs. The World has The Boys, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and 1883. Confusingly, there were two TV series which couldn't be more different, called 1883 and 1899. (laughs) Elwood from the AC Film Club, uh, Mythic Quest, Inside Job, and The Bear. Uh, horror flicks and guitar picks. Uh, the latest season of Beavis and Butthead. Uh, Shawzy, uh, Stranger Things. Uh, Liam Dempsey from Spotlight has Welcome to Wrexham at number three. Industry and Better Call Saul. Motivation U has Upload at three. Evil at two. House of the Dragon one. Uh, the Reshoot Movie Podcast has the latest series of What We Do in the Shadows, which I haven't actually watched yet. Cyberpunk Edge Runners, which I've heard really good things about. Have you seen the trailer and for that? Andor. It's weird. It is wild. <laughs> um, I remember talking to a friend of ours saying that Records of Ragnarok was the. Oh, was it friend of ours? Or was it you? I, I don't. I think it was. It might have been you. Um, I used to think Records of Ragnarok was the most anime anime. Oh yeah, yeah. And then they sent me the trailer to Cyberpunk Edge Runners. I think it could I did be send you, you the trailer. Me the trailer. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah, and then another friend recommended the show to me. Uh, Sweet Films and Alcohol have Bad Sisters at three, White Lotus, which is another one that was recommended quite a lot, and Stranger Things. The Hoffy Coffee podcast, uh, Andor, House of the Dragon. Uh, 1883 uh the list of lists podcasts has the bear severance reservation dogs which i haven't watched yet tuning japanese uh the sandman the house of the dragon and andor an unplanned trek going uh going exactly as you would expect a podcast called unplanned trek have picard wednesday and star trek strange new worlds so that's all of theirs if we're going for most popular choices, mm. so the most popular first choice was Better Call Saul. Uh, the most popular second choice was Severance, which again, it's another one of, I know I have to pay attention to it. So I haven't quite got round to it yet. Yeah. And by not quite got round to it, I mean, I categorically haven't. Yeah, same. I've just started on the WeWork one. I don't know if that came out yeah. this year or previous years, but... Um... I'm not... Uh, the 
Jared Leto. Yeah, right? who Jared Leto, yeah. and I don't know the character that he the I've not seen anything of the actual guy that he is playing, but he plays it like he's Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> it's really yeah. weird. But anyway, sorry, I digress. Yeah, no, I I really want to watch the WeWork one as well because the whole story it's based on is fascinating. Well, it's very um, similar to the and, Theranos thing. Oh yeah, yeah, anyway. yeah. Uh, and then tied for most popular third choice is the bear and Andor. The bear and or what? <laughs> the bear and or Andor. Uh, okay. So you can you can have either of them. But uh, but yeah, there was a lot of there was a as you would expect with how kind of TV works. There was a lot more different TV choices yeah. um, picked. Uh, but kind of the the through lines. Uh, so uh, yeah, there was a lot of House of the Dragon. There was a lot of Andor. Um, oh, you know what? I am wrong. Most popular first choice mm. is House of the Dragon. Okay, but I wrote it wrong. So House of the Dragon with a capital O was picked three times, <laughs> and House of the Dragon with a small O for of was picked three times. So a com a combined, a score, combined score of uh, six of our choices had that as uh, as. So what one. you're saying is House of the Dragon and or House of the Dragon. Exactly. Yeah, House of the Dragon and or House of the nice. Dragon. Do you know Severance? The bear and or and or. One thing that's been quite interesting looking at some of the so so like upright is an example of it. Um, Succession. I know there hasn't been an episode this year, but a series this year, but as an example of it, is that the change in how TV shows are consumed means that we're not necessarily getting a season of something every year. Yeah, and I think it's for the better because. We're getting oh, such. Yeah. There's a lot more high quality. It might come. It might take a while to get to it. We're getting a lot of more high quality uh, TV than we were ten years ago. I think. Yeah, and I think because like miniseries and things like that have come into kind of fashion yeah. as well, means people don't. Yeah, you don't have to sign up to appear in sixty episodes well, of something, and you can get prominent Hollywood A-listers in. Yeah. Six episode miniseries, for example. No, a a exactly, exactly. But yeah, it was a, it, again. It was it was just a good year for TV as well. I'm surprised I got anything else done because I watched a lot. Interesting, isn't it that we still call them TV series, but the vast majority oh, of people I, probably don't watch them on TVs. I can't watch TV. Everything I have is streamed. Yeah, but I mean, so even a TV show. Because TV isn't the delivery; it's the it's the physical thing you watch it on. Yeah, I'm just thinking like people watch them on their phones, on tablets, on. Oh, true. Like, yeah, very, uh, very true. Very I watched true. the entirety of Upright on a tablet on a plane. Oh yeah, of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's a yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah. I, I I just bit more like again, I watched Taskmaster on all four. Uh, everything else is Netflix or Prime or Apple TV or one of the. Uh, I do remember. I missed the good old days of just having one streaming service and yeah. everything was kind of on it. It's interesting as well that Netflix is kind of the worst at the moment for content. Yeah, I don't watch Netflix that no. much, realistically. I mean, out of mine... So, yeah, so House of the Dragon was uh, Sky Atlantic. Upright was Sky Atlantic, yep. I think. And then Andor Disney+. Plus. Was the bear Disney Plus as well? Yeah, so it's an FX series, but it's on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, Yeah, and then Slow Horses was Apple. Apple, yeah. Nice. nice. Right. That's our sum up of the year. Yeah. Hope everyone had a good New Year's Eve celebrations and all of oh. that, and are ready to ready to take twenty three by the balls. By <laughs> the balls. That's exactly what I was going to say. 
good. Starting off the year in sync. Nice. I liked it. It's we good won't... to know our balls are in sync. That's the important thing. So we won't we won't give a summary of our top three lists. Uh, you should know what they are, and you should watch them. So uh, if you agree with our choices, if there's anything we clearly haven't seen that you think we should, you can find us on Instagram at the podcast nobody asked for, and you can also become a friend of the podcast over on Patreon at the podcast nobody asked for, where. You can just keep this podcast going. You get bonus episodes. You get all manner of fancy insights into what we're doing and everything like that. Yep. If you have, um, if you've got ideas for better ways of using a wild animal to uh, slay the three incompetent prime ministers we've had this year, hypothetically, of course. Um, tell us on Twitter at nobody asked for pod with the number four. You can find us at the same place on Facebook, and we have a website. It is the podcast nobody asked for uk, and it is full of all of the links and wonderful things that you may or may not need. And wherever you're listening to this, uh, leave a review, and in your review, put any future episode ideas uh, you think we should do, and we will try to do our best ones. So that is it, Graham. Mm. That is an actual full complete this is the first episode we've recorded in one sitting For in probably six months yeah that wasn't an undrafted <laughs> yes that wasn't <laughs> a by design a shorter episode yeah. oh that was nice it was nice that was we've, good we've closed the book on 2022 i'm excited to see what 2023 has got to offer it's going to be all right it will. I mean, maybe maybe a bit more enthusiasm. You're getting married. Oh, yeah, it's going to be great. Sept- <laughs> you know, September September onwards. But, you know, it's a, it's a slog up until then. There's the Six Nations, which is going to go awfully. There's the Super Bowl, which the Vikings are already going to be knocked out for the playoffs before. My fantasy team's going to do obnoxiously badly. Uh, the fantasy teams, which could do well, are obviously not going to do well because that's just how that works. Basically, great. Life is pain and suffering. <laughs> for this. Rishi Sunak number one.